0: The fake experts, sometimes, you know, they get brought to light by comments and by the idea of voting, whereas the real experts are also easy to identify and respect because of comments and voting. It's not always good advice, it's not always correct advice, but when you're exposed to all advices, you can generally find a good, fair, common ground. It's like just watching CNN, and you're not going to really know exactly what Trump said if you just watch CNN, but if you watch CNN and Fox, you might actually know what he said. Somewhere in the
1: middle there is probably the truth, or like closer to the truth, you know it's yeah, not a political podcast please do not rate us with one star yes not a political podcast not a fan of any yeah dude, let's not even go to the less we say the better yeah let's just avoid that the most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation. Scott Peckford here. Today on the show, I have Chase Belair. Chase is the principal broker at Nesto. If you don't know, Nesto is a online mortgage company that recently raised $76 million in a Series B financing, which is crazy for a company that's only been around for a few years. And that it's a Canadian-based company. I chatted with Chase to find out what his plans were for the $76 million. Imagine getting to go on a $76 million shopping spree. Now, I know it's not the case or investing the money in growth and expansion, but it's kind of a fun thought experiment. A couple of things I talked to Chase about first. I'm like, who is your ideal customer? Because Nesto, based on sort of their business model, and you may be surprised to hear this, they're actually not for everybody. And they say no to a lot of people, a lot of clients that would potentially reach out to them. They're like, sorry, we're not a fit. We talk about that. What does he do with those people that they say no to? As well as we talked about where the idea came from. So where did this concept come from? And why are you know investors interested in it and customers? So I think you're going to find this conversation very enlightening. If you're listening to this and you're new in the mortgage space, We've recently launched a brokerage called Island B Mortgage Pros. And so it's designed for new agents. We can help you find and fund your first 10 mortgages. And so if you're less than two years in the business and you're like, hey, I'd love to get some help. We have amazing coaching and support. Check out get10funded.com. That's get the number 10funded.com. And thanks again for checking out this episode. Hey Chase, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me. Very excited to be here.
1: Yeah. So I want to start off first by like, where did the idea of Nesto come from? Cause you guys seem to come from nowhere and all of a sudden you're like everywhere, you know, raising money creating all these ripples. We're going to cover some of that in a bit, but yeah, where did the idea come from?
0: Good question. I think every tech savvy mortgage broker obtaining customers through the internet knowing what the internet is capable of had a Nesto like idea in their mind, which is there's got to be a way to qualify borrowers before they talk to me for an hour. That's where I guess, The whole idea of Nesto always originated from. With the Nesto specifically, in my case, a young engineer, 23 years old, named Damien, buying his first house in Montreal, was referred to three banks by his realtor. And he assumed this was all normal, Desjardins RBC. I went into the last one, to be honest, I can't remember. And after the whole process is done, a few weeks go by, and he's got his mortgage. He's not sure if he has the best deal or not. And that drove him crazy, because as far as he knew, he's got perfect credit, phenomenal income. One of the smarter people he knows. And he had to take seven days off work. To get his mortgage arranged on his property, and he's still not confident that he got the best deal out there. So fast forward a few years, this Damien is now the director of innovation at a venture capital incubation firm called Diagram. And the idea of digital mortgage brokerage comes across his desk. So he right away he fell in love with the idea, investigated it. And I guess once the MVP was tested, his mission was to find co founders. So I, I came in way after the
1: idea. I was one of those co founders. What was the MD happened. so what was the thing you said that was tested before they got co founders? The
0: yeah, it would have been an MVP. So, oh, he and would, minimum
1: viable product. Okay, right. Yeah, he would have built a baby website,
0: done some marketing, and tested it out with brokers like myself.
1: Okay, yeah. So, he developed the minimum viable product, found the co founders, and then some where did it go from there?
0: Yeah, so I was involved in the testing. I had no idea that I would be involved in the creation of what was now Nesto. I was just really enjoying the free leads I was getting and feeding to the agents within my office. That would have been March 2018 is when that test kicked off. And then a few months later, I got a phone call saying, Chase, test went phenomenally well. Out of all those applications we received, we funded this many of them. So we're going to start this company now. It's going to be called Nesto when we want you to be a part of it. A few weeks of chatting about that. And then May 2018, we kicked off, the four of us, made our first few hires. And then we launched our first product to market. I think that was September 2018, which is our website, our application, and our document center.
1: Right. So what's interesting is when you told me the story before, so Damien had this idea, but not only did he tested the idea but then he was also testing you as a potential co-founder which people don't think about like how do you test a potential co-founder because it's like getting married you know you guys are in a partnership that's like it's a big deal so the thing is you didn't even know you're being tested it was like you're on a dating site you didn't even know you're on there
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, hey, by the way <laughs> just doing a whole bunch of pre-approvals for ghosts uh, they, they're real people I was doing pre-approvals for it. it turns out they were interns at the time and they were testing mortgage brokers french and english toronto ottawa montreal they're testing one, our education, uh, what we were willing to provide, our transparency, how much we were able to give away in that first phone call, our follow-up process, I'm sure our character and our demeanor as well was being looked at. And I know for a fact I was up
1: against at least one other broker in Montreal for majority of the process. Right. That's, the, the, that's the, 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 absolutely was, genius. Like This guy sounds wicked smart. Okay, so what makes Nesto different than the traditional, you know, like what's different than you guys in, say, True North? Maybe tell me first what's similar and then what's different, like some of these other guys that are out there.
0: Very good question. So I would say the primary difference between Nesto and a traditional broker or a bank would be the type of experience that we offer. It's a strictly online experience. If you don't know how to Google a term to find a definition, it's hard to use something like Nesto. You need to be somewhat resourceful. So primary difference would be we're digital. We have lower rates. Our lower rates are not because our products are inferior. Our lower rates are because we get you to do your own application. We ask the questions for the application in a fair way that increases the chance of you giving us the answer we need and the correct answer. So our rates are lower, our advisors are all paid by salary. The variable compensation aspect of this comes through volume bonus. So they get bonus based on the number of units they do. Previously, it was based on volume, whether it was a one-year or 10-year, the volume was influencing your revenue. Now it's the number of units that's influencing your revenue on top of your base salary. Base salary is extremely competitive as well. And then to compare us to, I would say, like a True North or a Rate Hub, I'd probably have to say the leadership team. Now, I used to you know, watch what True North and Rate Hub and Butler and those guys were doing quite closely. I was big fans of them. I am still big fans of them, but I've just been too busy to watch. But if I had to try and assume what the main difference is, is I'm an ordinary guy. I'm an okay broker, okay guy. I'm not the most organized, not the smartest. My team, my three additional co-founders, they compliment me in every way and every weakness that I have. And I compliment every weakness they have. So I think instead of having one sole owner and one sole decision maker, we have four extremely competitive, intelligent, and ambitious people always bouncing ideas off each other and supporting each other. So, I don't really know what those guys are doing to compare myself to them as what is the primary difference. But I do know that we have a leadership group of four individuals,
1: right? So you got a leadership difference, and then you're very focused on a digital experience as, you know, a big differentiator. Um, Only focus, I would say it's to be more fair, that mortgage experience. You know, if I can describe it in a few
0: words, it's, does it doesn't make sense for someone who deserves a mortgage and is organized enough for them to not be able to do it themselves if there's no risk or it doesn't make sense for someone who's not the most equipped to be able to make four five six seven thousand $7,000 off that transaction. Now, some transactions deserve that type of revenue because relationships, experience, all packaging. Sorts of things yeah, there's play. a, yeah.
1: There's I was talking to a friend who specializes in high net worth individuals with like lots of company and it's complicated stuff. I was like, man, I'd feel like a mortgage dummy talking to you. He makes a lot of money but he's also navigating stuff that I'm like I didn't even know that you could do this stuff like so that's different than you said the engineer with a regular job t4s good credit like that's a different clientele
0: the project is a standard product that gentleman should be able to do his own mortgage if he's equipped with the right tools to protect him
1: right yeah. so it's kind of like they in a way you're helping them paint their own house you're like home depot you know it's like you can do it we can help you know their slogan Right, yeah. you can do it. We can help. Right, that's kind of what I think. Of. Okay, so what do you think is attributed to the rapid growth in the marketplace? How have you guys grown so quickly? COVID
0: was a big influence on the rapid growth. You know, in March and April last year, you could not book a bank meeting, but you could get a pre-approval or a full mortgage approved or renewal done online through Nesto and a few other mortgage companies. I think also the timing was just ripe. I don't think there's ever been a point in time where there's been this many people going to Reddit before mom and dad. And if you don't know what Reddit is, Reddit is probably the world's biggest forum with subcategories based on the subject you're looking into. So I'm a big fan of Personal Finance Canada. I'm a big fan of dogs. And so I'm on all these subreddits there talking to experts and fake experts on things I'm interested in. And the fake experts sometimes, you know, they get brought to light by comments and by the idea of voting, whereas the real experts are also easy to identify and respect because of comments and voting. It's not always good advice. It's not always correct advice, but when you're exposed to all advices, you can generally find a good fair common ground. It's like just watching CNN, and you're not gonna really know exactly what Trump said if you just watch CNN, but if you watch CNN and
1: Fox, you might actually know what he said. Somewhere in the middle there is probably the truth, or like closer to the truth, you know. Yeah, it's a Canadian, not a political podcast, please do not rate us with one star. Yes, not a political podcast, not a fan of any. Yeah, mindless- dude, I, let's not even go to the less we say the best. Yeah, we us just avoid that. Yeah. I, Thanks, man, I'm just kidding. I
0: lost enough friends in the mortgage industry this year. So that's it, people are going online for the resources. They're still going to mom and dad for the opinion, they're still going to professionals, but they are starting online. And sometimes they get enough confidence online that they don't need to go elsewhere. And Nesto was one of those things that's talked about a lot on Reddit. We advertise a lot too, we're highly visible. And I think one thing that attracts people to us is they see the low rate, they see too good to be true, but then they go and they read the reviews. And through the reviews, they discover that most people who use Nesto started the same way they did. Mom and dad said, go here, they went there. Their best friend said, go to this broker, they went there, then finally, their own research, they found Nesto. They now have three experiences, and they choose the best one they've had so far. And the people who write those positive reviews, they happen to have a better experience at Nesto, which is why they wrote the review. But not always the case. That's one of the hurdles at Nesto is identifying who we can help. Being an online mortgage broker and fully digital, not everyone is safe in our process. If you have a very risky or very complicated transaction, it's our job up front to let you know that you need a full service broker. I'm pretty proud of how good we are at that and how good we have been at doing that protecting borrowers from themselves and from us, from discount brokerages, because some people, you know, the next 10 years of their lives is gonna be real estate, is gonna be rental portfolios, is gonna be financing mortgages. And I think that those people
1: should have the same mortgage broker provider professional hold their hand throughout that entire you know, real estate career. This ties into my next question. Who's the ideal client type for Nesto? Because again, what I think you've identified is a niche of the market that's like, hey, these people we can serve really well, these other ones, nope. You know? And so who's that ideal client?
0: Ideal client, we thought it was going to be millennial, not the case. Looking at our data, our average user is, I think, over 38 years old. The ideal customer for Nesto was someone who's tech-savvy, financially savvy, borrowing beneath their means, and not in a massive, massive urgent rush. You know, they want to be empowered, they want to feel in control, and they want to also feel supported by a human being at the same time. So to find it even clearer, it's a tech-savvy, financially savvy, confident person, someone who trusts themselves. You'll always have Nesto phone call away, email away, a resource available to you but a lot of our customers, they really want to do it themselves, they really do, and they wish
1: they could. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. It sounds like you're pretty clear on the ideal client. What do you do with the non-ideal clients? What happens with them?
0: Good question, very big question too. So there's a number of different levels at which we kind of score the client to the application. So level one would be at the uh, get a quote when they want to see what rates are available to their transactions. So certain criteria input there could produce a warning saying, hey, we actually cannot get you the best rate. We don't want to waste your time. We recommend you seek your local mortgage broker or your personal bank. So that's the very first, hey, Nestle might not be for you. The next, I guess, warning comes in throughout the application process. So when we get to the credit section or the existing properties or the revenue section, there are certain triggers that could pop up and say almost the same thing with a little bit more context and rationale behind it, because the borrower has now wasted some time and started the application. And now let's say the borrower goes all the way through and doesn't get blocked by any of my algorithms and speaks to a broker. And then we find out while on the phone with the broker, something wasn't inputted correctly, and that is not someone that we're equipped to help here at Nesto, which happens. I can't give you numbers, but we do unfortunately tell a lot of people on the phone what the solution could be to be a Nesto customer in the future, but if they need a mortgage today, here's what they must do. So we refer those out currently to other partner brokerages. We have a number of partners across Canada, networks you're familiar with, the independents, and some of them are focused on subprimes, some of them are just focused on our overcapacity support. But basically, everyone who comes to Nesto, whether we help them or not, is provided some form of solution or advice as to how we can help them, how somebody else can help them, or how we can help them in the future. But we'll never actually give that person's name and number as a referral and have them fall under someone else's call list. If they make it to a live phone call with a NESTO advisor, the NESTO advisor, the NESTO broker will give them the name and phone number of the referral source so that borrower can elect to reach out to the alternative provider. The borrower in a lot of cases has done a lot of work already, and we want to just show them that there is an avenue available to them
1: after all that work. Okay. Makes sense. And the borrower, they're still in control of where that goes. It's not like, yeah. okay, that makes sense. And then in terms of purchase or refi, like, do you see more purchase refis for Nesto? What are people using it for?
0: Really good question. As of in the past, maybe 60 days, we've seen a little bit less purchase activity, a lot more renewal refinancing activity, and we can control a lot of what we see using our marketing, right? So some of it is influenced by what we're targeting. Others influenced by the market and seasonality. But right now I'm seeing an uptick in renewals, uptick in refinances, We're finding previously insured renewals extremely easy. We're finding renewals with LTVs below sixty-five extremely easy. Insured purchases really easy as well. If I can give you some more, you know, if you have a a renewal and you're competing with one of our mono lines, CMLS, Merricks, MCap, First Nat, not a good use of your time. They're going to win that file back. Whereas the other lenders I didn't mention, it's probably not a bad use of your time to work on those renewals, especially within those LTV brackets I mentioned previously insured and below sixty-five. As soon as you Yet between the 65 and 80% loan-to-value bracket, our conversion drops quite a bit, even with the rates as low as they are.
1: It's all math, man. Everything's math. It's like algorithm-based, right? Like, hey, this is the fit, this isn't, and I love it. <laughs> when I coach mortgage brokers, I always tell them, you need to get really clear on who your customer is, and you need to say no to, and you guys have done this at a bigger scale, but that's ultimately why you can scale. You cannot scale if everybody's your customer. That's because- exactly it, and that's the hardest thing to figure out. It's a science. Saying no it hurts. It
0: hurts the person saying it. it hurts the person receiving it, you have to be able to say no with positivity with a solution with a future. If you can't do that, you can never scale and you have way more, you know, people
1: leaving your company upset than you do, pleased. So with all of the stuff we just talked about, do you think the models like Nestor are going to replace the traditional broker?
0: No, I think Nesto is a compliment to brokers and you'll see it too. If you see a Nesto ad on Facebook, look at the comments and look at the style of comments that we're receiving. You see a certain type of comments coming from consumers and then a different type of comment coming from brokers. And I think a lot of brokers, they see the problem that Nesto is solving, whether it's intentional or not, we're taking away the power that certain individuals, like, you know, the majority of industry is great just like all industries, but there's also, there's a dark corner in every industry and, you know, companies like Nesto are making it so that the people who aren't looking out for everyone's best interests, Nesto forces them to. It's hard for someone now to accept a higher rate when they know their file is easy. If you know your government of Canada salaried, perfect credit, buying well beneath your means, it makes no sense why your insured mortgage rate is 0.5 higher than the best one you can find online. And I think Nesto is just exposing that and causing brokers. The majority of us by far are honest, but there's a lot of dishonest ones out there still. And I think that all Nesto is doing to the market as a whole is causing the dishonest ones to be a little more honest. I don't think we're taking customers from anyone. When we look at our competition internally, who we compete with, it's the banks. It's not brokers.
1: Right. Yeah. You're probably we taking more of brokers than we lose or we take from brokers. Right. Okay. So you recently got a $76 million, $76 million, like Dr. Evil with your finger. You could do that. I'm just kidding. No don't that. But I probably would. If I raised 76000000 million, I'd probably do a photo. Anyways, how do you guys plan to use that to expand? So like somebody posted a question. I don't know if you saw this. Jake did. He's like, what would love you do that. with a million dollars in your mortgage business? And the vast majority of small mortgage brokers, brokers should not put it in their mortgage business because they don't have a clear plan. But what do you guys plan to do?
0: I love that question. I like most of Jake's questions. And the conversation that was produced underneath was really intriguing too. So with us, our mission has never really changed. We're a tech company since day one that happens to be obsessed with mortgages. So the majority of that money is going to just pursue the exact mission that we had on day one. If I can elaborate on that a little bit. We're scaling. We went from 25 or so employees in December to over 102 today. That's not going to stop. And we're going to find a lot more of our tech and our unique features. So there's a lot of tools and features that we have existing that we have in production that don't exist yet in the market that we want to make sure we can keep the pace on those, get them out there as fast as possible so we can start testing them and making sure that they do what they're designed to do. We can test a lot more things. And this is something I probably might, you know, not get applauded by my own team for saying, but now we actually have room for some mistakes. You know, we've been flawless executioners to date partly by luck, partly by preparation, but now we finally can afford a mistake. Not to say we want to make one and not to say that we're going to make one, but you know, for the last three years, it was we were walking on
1: ice. Everything needs to be flawless. Can't miss any dates. Can't miss any deadlines. What you're really saying is you can't experiment. Maybe mistake's not the right word, but you can't experiment when you are in startup mode because of yes. you can't invest the resources into something that's like, hey, this isn't for sure, but we think it could work. Now you're like, hey, we can take a flyer to a couple of these other projects because it's not going to affect the underlying business.
0: It's a much better way of looking at it. Like to give you an example of the things we do, test. So at any given moment, when you go to NASO.ca, the webpage you see is different than somebody else's. We're always testing the placement of that period, this why, these words. We taste every page, even in our application for conversion. We could take these tests to a whole new level now with these resources. Don't just test conversion, but test product, test business avenues,
1: test lines, all that kind of stuff. Right. Right. I see. Okay. All data driven. All right. So somebody who's a mortgage broker who's working with you guys, a mortgage agent. What's the feedback? We were chatting briefly with one of my previous coaching clients. We won't say his name maybe, but he was amazing guy was talking about working at Nesto. So tell me about that.
0: Scott, right before I hopped on the phone here, I was with my staff and I said, Hey guys, I'm speaking to Scott. And if anyone of you watches podcast, what's one thing you wished you knew about Nesto before you had started or any myths about Nesto that I should try and dispel? And one of our senior brokers, I think he's been in business for about 12 years now, said, Chase, I think one of the most common things that people misunderstand Nesto for is it's not a discount brokerage selling crappy mortgage products, giving no advice. You know, as far as I know, everyone here is just like me. We love people. We love the mortgage experience. We love what we do. And the last thing we want to do is not give everything into a customer or to a file. So the biggest myth about Nesto is we're not a quick sweatshop. We are human beings working very hard. And people don't join Nesto to make you know, necessarily more money or to work less. They join money to have more freedom and time to do what they're good at without sacrificing their revenue. So look at me, for example, I was born in a mortgage brokerage. I wanted to be not a mortgage broker, but I fell in love with it through my mom, surrounded by mortgage brokers, understanding what all their pains are, living through all their pains, and then basically teamed up with a bunch of superheroes saying, Chase, let's build something that takes away every pain a mortgage broker and a customer could ever have. That's what Nesto is. Right. That's not really
1: bad. good. Not and bad. are you guys, okay. So that's a good point. So are you guys hiring? Are you <laughs> looking for people? If somebody's listening yeah. to this and they're like, and this is just my observation. So this is not like, you know, it appears to me that somebody's great at internal sales. So somebody who's like internal, they could sit there and be like, man, I love taking care of people. You know, I love the mortgage business, but I don't want to go find business. <laughs> they might be a good fit for you guys. So that be correct. Absolutely. The best opportunity for someone to get their feet wet in
0: sales who already knows mortgages would be Nesto. Cause we do the selling part for you. The product sells itself, the rate sells itself, the experience sells itself. We just need you to be extremely careful and a good protector of customers. Make sure they're safe. So great way of uh, looking at Scott.
1: Yeah. Right. Okay. So where can people find you online?
0: Nesto.ca. I think we have 32 separate roles open everywhere from the dev side, to customer service side. So tons of jobs available. Nesto.ca slash careers would be the page for all that. But I'm pretty personable. Send me a LinkedIn I think any mortgage broker in Canada who's linked in me, asked me questions about Nesto has gotten an answer from me. I'm happy to continue doing that. I love what we're doing. I love the mission we're on and I'm happy to dispel any myths at any time as well.
1: Okay. Thanks, Chase. Great to chat with you, brother. And um, I'm sure we'll have you back on again in maybe like six months or a year and check in see how things are going. No, for sure. Looking forward to it. Thanks again for your time, Scott. Huge fan. I love watching your show. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.